You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 114. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And if you were wondering whether this was an excuse to just eat a whole lot of Chinese takeout or a couple of shows where we could just phone it in without having to do a lot of research before the holidays, I'd say it's a little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah. On a side of rice. Gonna have to have to say yes on that one, too. Chinese takeout. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw a Chinese menu that had the column A, column B pick. Like maybe not since we were in college. There was a column A, column B pick. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure for the like yes. the New Fu City uh, for some of the dinners there was a column A and a column B on their menu. Oh, I haven't thought of New Fu City in forever. Hello, Louis speaking. How's my happy? <laughs> <laughs> was that the happy. place that wouldn't deliver to us after, after at the apartment because the people before us jacked them around? No, Nufu City was the place that refused to deliver to our apartment because you cursed them out on our phone. I if find you that difficult to believe. Louis Peking House was the place in downtown Oak Park, right down from Val's, that uh, had like the blue door and Dennis used to eat there all the time. Oh, yeah. And you called to order it and they were there five minutes before you hung up. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, again, if you haven't figured it out by now, tonight's show is on... Uh, Ethnic foods and international cuisine, as we have titled it, because ethnic is usually code for something racist. Well, Pat was here, so (laughs) international cuisine. This is actually part one of two where we're doing both weeks coming up for our Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right now we're talking about Asia, the Americas and down under. Yeah. And then next week we're going to focus on uh, Eastern and Western Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Yep. So it should be a lot of fun. And if uh, you'd like to order up a heap and helping us some geeky podcasts, I know where you can go. <laughs> really? Is it Musings of a Geek Network? Yeah, actually. So I, I can get myself a takeout of uh, the bearded ones? Yes. You could uh, get us a cream of some history of bad ideas. I'm really glad that went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also get a uh, Mufu... Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. I, <laughs> I'm new at this game. We, yeah, we, we need to not keep doing this. Yeah. Sweet so, and sour, salty language. <laughs> I was correct in trying to kibosh this. Wow. <laughs> that was the best. And if you're uh, hankering for a, for a takeout box full of Geek Life Radio, and uh, you can find us there at noon on Saturdays. I'm sorry. We're all at a left field sports lounge. What else you want? <laughs> Uh, so if you're also looking for some of our older shows, they're on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you want to call us and order something up, call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And I hear we have some feedback. now going to call us and trying to order a pizza. <laughs> yes, please do that. Someone, Charlie, do that. No, not Charlie. 
I bet we have a voicemail from him, though. Charlie, uh, we got Charlie. a couple of voicemails this week. Oh, fantastic. Uh, let's see. Let's. Well, yeah, you called the shot, so let's let's hear what the man himself has to say. Hey, fuckers. Did you ever think for the slightest fucking moment that maybe someone hasn't seen Slapshot? You could have fucking called Boilers? <laughs> Fuck dicks. You ruined the movie. Is that it? I can't hear him breathing. I also didn't hear any mention yet of the movie Mystery Alaska. It was a hockey movie. The great hockey movie. Before. Did he say hockey movie? Hockey. Yes, he yeah. did. Uh, Hawkeye movie. He's from uh, Iowa, so. Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to call spoilers on a movie that's <laughs> older than older than half of <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> Especially, we're not we're not going to call spoilers on top of the spoilers that already exist in our show concept, <laughs> which we have disclaimed several different times over the 114 shows we've done. I, I think that was the joke. Yes, that's I know the joke. But I'm explaining for those who don't understand that he's joking. Ah. Mm. Uh-huh. Spoiler. Which is hopefully not many people in our audience. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we have someone from someone we haven't heard from in a while. Who? Hey, guys, this is Scott the Pool Boy. I haven't called in for a while, I know, but I was just listening to the hockey episode, and this is the perfect episode for me because uh, it's hockey, because I love hockey. Uh, Goon is a wonderful movie, and it's podcast, you know, so it's the trifecta. It's the trilogy, uh, and I was I was just listening. You guys are just starting to talk about Goon, and you mentioned Todd Bertuzzi. And I was driving in my car, and I said to myself, "Fuck Todd Bertuzzi," and <laughs> I realized that there is no one in the car to hear me say that. And everybody needs to know, "Fuck Todd Bertuzzi." That guy is a piece of shit. So I thought I would just call. And, uh, say, fuck Todd Bertuzzi. Just fuck that guy. And, uh, I really like the show. You're doing great. I love it. Keep up the good work. I'm gonna listen to the rest of the episode. Fuck Todd Bertuzzi. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. I love that man. Uh, was that last, was that last one on his to-do list or that, was that just another declarative? I don't know. Cause he said, I'm gonna listen to the rest of your show. Fuck Todd Bertuzzi. Like, was that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is Bertuzzi does, so. <laughs> I was like, he really doesn't like this guy if he's like got him captured and wrapped up and everything. And Never mind. I'm not going to go down that road. Wow. Todd Bertuzzi has his own urban dictionary. Oh, really? nice. What does it mean, dare I ask? To sucker punch someone, probably. Well, that, that's that's part of it, is that, uh, that he sucker punched. And apparently it also occasionally is... Uh, Known a, a Todd Bertuzzi is uh, double fisting beers as well. <laughs> I'm starting huh. to like this Todd Bertuzzi guy. Ooh, I don't know if Scott the Pool Boy will like you anymore. <laughs> Spoilers, bad. So that's it for this week. All right. So is it about that time? Hmm. Let's press the magic button. All right, so this weekend, this weekend is July 3rd, 1979, is the opening of Paul Prudhomme's 
K. Paul's Louisiana Kitchen in New Orleans. Okay, so this is another one where we're deviating a little bit. So we're not actually doing this week of uh, November, but this will be the week of July 3rd, 1979. Yes, July 3rd, Correct. 1979, because that had this uh, restaurant opening up there. And we're talking about food, so it all fits. Yep. All right, so music. The number one song is Ring My Bell by Anita Ward, which is a pretty good song. Yeah, it was yeah. sampled to great effect. Yeah. It's in the it's 90s. Fun. Just a fun disco song. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Lowell George was an American songwriter, session musician, and producer who was the primary guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter for the rock bands Little Feet and Mothers of Invention. He died of a heroin overdose on June 29th because there must always be death <laughs> in the twee. Aside from heroin overdose and session musician, I don't think I knew any of the rest of that. What, uh, that he you, was have you ever feet? heard of either of those bands, Joel? No. I have, yes. But oh, really? Yeah, I thought he Frank, might. Frank oh. Zappa and the Mothers of Invention? Yeah. And then Little Feet, of course. Oh, of yeah, course. Have, yeah, I've never heard of them. You've never I heard? mean, they're, they're one of those kind of like underground popular bands, but not popular enough to actually be Little known. Little Feet was kind of like uh, um, Leonard Skinner's Light. Yeah, it was like kind of the fringe of the 70s popular stuff, but still known. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They uh, well, they were on the Easy Rider soundtrack. True. Yeah. And um, but anyway, they've think. been covered a lot by a lot of bands. Yeah. So, uh, this dude. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give one really strong attempt at this <laughs> name. <laughs> Matasayu. Nope. That wasn't so bad though. Uh, yeah. Phonetically, yeah. Phonetically, Matis yeah. Yahoo. Matis Yahoo. Yeah. Yep. Okay, see, I was afraid to say it that way because I'm afraid you guys would give me shit for it. No, that's all. It's like in Netanyahu, but Montes Yahoo. Okay, so anyway, turns he, out this was a trap that you fell into yourself. Wow, <gasps> I I am the trapper. Um, <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> so in a in a phrase that I don't think I will ever say again for the rest of my life, but Hasidic Jewish reggae singer is <laughs> you probably will not be saying that again. Yeah, that's the first and only time I've said that. Uh though is born on June thirtieth. Yeah. And Better known well, he's best known as Matis Yahoo, but this is Matthew Paul Miller. <laughs> yep. You'll you'll say that phrase again the next time you say Matis Yahoo. You'll be like, oh the Hasidic Jewish reggae singer. <laughs> yes. But that's about it. That's about no, the only I can't, time I can't he's think actually of... really good. Really? Yeah, I I wanna say that uh at least one of his tracks was sampled either in like a Grand Theft Auto game or something. I there's a reason I know this guy. Hmm. Does he do songs about like matzah and stuff like that? No. No, no, he's not a uh, a gag act. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's not I mean, like two live Jews. No, right. I'm not looking. I'm no, no, not like that. What I'm talking about is something. Because he got like you know, I don't. know, I'm trying to think Jewish reggae. You know, it's yeah. He, I mean, he does a lot of songs about um that that are kind of I don't know uh, lyrically vanilla in a way, but I mean, they, they he's just a, a really smooth rapper. I okay, mean, he's got talent. He's also done a couple movies too. He did the yep. the possession and a film called A Buddy Story, which. He's kind of crossed over into other pop culture areas. But yeah, and he's, he's cut off his hair and everything recently. Yeah, and he occasionally yeah. gets uh, retweeted by people who are into the whole like activism thing. I know he's really big into like Zionist movement kind of stuff. Okay, wow, I got to look him up. Uh, so on Jul- July first, Sony introduces the Walkman to Japan. Hey, that that sounds like it's a podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we did that, didn't we? Yeah, yes. portable music players. I don't think yes, I'll, Japan. Was I around for that one? No, I wasn't. It was, no, I was think the, that was the, one of the episodes you missed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that one's uh, restored to the iTunes archive or not yet. Yeah, I actually, um, digging through boxes, I found my first uh, Walkman down here. 
Still works too. Nice. Yeah, I put in Loverboy. We, Pop in we some heard you were digging through the cassettes just a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so movies. Uh, got a, a low low count on the movie one this week. Uh, Moonraker is knocked off, or Moonraker knocks off the Muppet movie as the number one movie in the land. That's kind of sad. Yeah, it's very much an injustice. How long was the Muppet movie number one though? Mm. Moonraker. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, that's, that's that's an injustice. Did it Speaking come of although, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'll say, did it we come did back? We did a show, too. We did. Yes. We haven't yeah. quite got around to James Bond yet, but that's got to be coming soon. I've uh, been watching the, I Muppet, the, prisoner. the Muppet TV show that's on the new one. <laughs> number yeah. nine. You guys don't even acknowledge me number anymore. I'm acknowledging you. I said number nine. Oh, Who did you? you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I just thought it was kind of funny that we got to that point where he's like, yeah, he's tourettes about Prisoner again. <laughs> uh, Moonraker, of all of that era of Bond, is actually one of the few I remember fondly because mostly for Richard Keel because that was a big Jaws Bond. Yeah, he was a good villain. Yeah, but it's considered to be one of the the poorer of the installments. Oh, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's horrible. <laughs> Jetpacks and moon fighting and no, just dumb. But it's very memorable. I yeah. I may have people may have conflict with me saying this, but I think Roger Moore is probably my least favorite James Bond. I don't think anybody's going to argue with you. Yeah, I was going to say that's not a controversial opinion. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean it's like saying Michael Jordan is your favorite bull. Timothy Dalton and him are kind of in a fight between who's the worst. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is you might have a bunch of people say that they appreciate Roger Moore's campiness and Timothy Dalton was just bad. But Timothy uh, Dalton at least looked the part more than Roger Moore did. Yeah. Right. All right. So also released this week is the acronym of the week, TADGRA. So T-A-D-G-R-A. Which, of course, is Testicles and Dragons, Gygax's Real Achievement. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's good you <laughs> never like never let me down <laughs> oh man uh but no really it's sadly that is not the actual answer it is uh, the apple dumpling gang rides again wow oh, man mine is so much better this time <laughs> i wow don't think i've ever seen that I haven't either. I've seen the original Apple Dumpling Gang, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw the sequel. My buddy Mike is a huge uh, Don Knotts fan. <laughs> He's seen all the Apple Dumpling Gang movies, and he owns them. Does he have an autographed copy of The Ghost and Mr. Chicken? He probably has at least a copy of A Ghost and Mr. Chicken. He know has the Blu-ray special edition, six-disc set. Uh, I would not be surprised to find he has something autographed of Don Knotts, but I don't know what it is. Oh, but Andy, he's got a single bullet. <laughs> that would be an amazing autograph to have. That would be. You can put that up on shelf next to the uh, Colt forty five signed by um, Billy D. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> um, all right. So TV. The top shows are Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy. Again, three of these shows, well, all came from each other. They all yeah. exist in the same world, oh, yeah, and all Laverne's. of those shows are looked back upon fondly too. Yep. Yeah. Although I think Three's Company doesn't stand up to uh, as heavy critical scrutiny as the other three, uh, mm, the no. three of the four. Oh, oh, no. Definitely the weekly link there. Two of those shows we sang the theme song to earlier. It's true. Why Moving you gotta, on. You got to go there, man. Uh, on July 6th, The Amazing Spider-Man premieres, and it is the second live-action TV development of the iconic Marvel Cosmics, Comics hero of the same name. 
and was shown from 1977 until 1979. None of the episodes are available on DVD, but almost all of them have been released on VHS. Yeah, these are the early Spider-Man that you'll see occasionally pop up as memes. Uh, no, not the anim- this isn't the animated one. This is a live action yeah. one. This is oh, six- this is live action. Yeah, so you're the 60s. Remember where he climbed the? They just turned the camera sideways for him to climb the wall, type of thing. Right. I actually think we talked about this one in an episode. I don't. We might have. I don't know. I, have we done a Spider-Man show? I no. don't think we've done just Spider-Man. Oh, but I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. We yeah. should though. At some point, there's enough material for sure. That's certainly true. Yeah, I remember watching this. But I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, aside from the obvious reasons, Wonder Woman was actually just the better show. Oh yeah, I would put Wonder Woman up with like the Six Million Dollar Man for like adventure shows of the time. Easy. Yeah, but she never fought Bigfoot and ripped his arm off. Who did that? Six million dollar man. Six million dollar man. He did? Yeah. Yes. Oh, what am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of the Hulk throwing the bear into the over the oh. over the lake. <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode now that one i know we talked about in our early avengers episode when the first avengers movie came out yeah so sports on june 29th in what was known in san diego as the grand grand hatching of 1979 <laughs> yeah keep reading all right the san diego chicken was reborn at jack murphy stadium was was it an immersion or was it a Sorry, that was a bad baptism joke. Um, a Brinks truck entered the stadium through a gate in center field with a huge styrofoam egg atop it, which is lowered by the players. The normally sparsely attended Padres game inflated to a crowd of 50,000 plus. Jeez. Good God. To see the comeback of the San Diego chicken after an extended absence due to litigation. Litigation with who? Bob Euchre. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I didn't really look that far into it, but that was just a funny enough paragraph that I had to include it. Yeah. Now I'm curious. I'm I'm on it. I'm I'm looking it up. It probably had something to do with who could be in the suit, because the guy who's been the San Diego chicken has been in that suit for 40 years. (laughs) Must stink in there. Yeah. He never takes it off, ever. He's a never nude. It's my pee. It's my suit. I can pee in it if I want to. <laughs> Thank you. Is that uh, that's Bob, uh, Bob, Gene Belcher? Gene. I think of which. Oh, God, Nobody it was... else wears it. Why, why do you care? <laughs> it's a symbiote. That's all. It's like venom. Oh, I love that show. Anyway, yeah, and, it looks like the uh, guy inside the suit, uh, Giannoulis. What's his first name? Gene Newlips? No, that's Ted Giannoulis. <laughs> Ted Giannoulis uh, was Gene inside. Newlips? <laughs> not Gene Newlips. That's a different guy. <laughs> He's a porn star. He's the Houston Astro. Apparently, KGB Radio uh, fired him, and they put a different employee in the suit, and uh, the crowd hated the fact that the original guy wasn't in the suit, and they booed the San Diego Diego chicken off the uh, field. Wow. That's funny. That was pretty much a guess. And I was right. Huh, and, I guess. Uh, the lawsuit was decided in Giannoula's favor in June 1979 by Judge Raul Rosado. And he was allowed to continue to perform in a chicken costume. And the compromise was uh, it wouldn't be the original chicken costume, which the radio station would own the rights to. So that's when they did the grand rehatching. And they got a new chicken costume, I guess. Huh. Good job, Judge. Always go with the new lips. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
on July 6th. We need 6th, buttons that say always go, go with, with the, the new, new lips. <laughs> on July 6th at the 86th Wimbledon's Women's Tennis Finals, Martina Natrolovia, right? <laughs> I don't know. You know we, we've already corrected you on that. I, I woke, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going back. <laughs> that is a name that now, has come up before. Just say Billie Jean King and we'll be Billie okay. Jean King beats Chris Everett 6-4, 6-4. Martina Navratilova. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm just going to have Google Voice start doing the whole damn tweet. <laughs> no, you tried that once. We, we acknowledged that was cheating. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. And not as funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because she got it right. He, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the main show. International yeah. cuisine, Asia, the Americas, and Down Under. So this is going to encompass, obviously, all of South and Central America. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's going to be a lot of countries some of us have never eaten from. And then, of course, any of the, like, Chinese, Japanese, etc. Um, down Under, we're going to talk a little bit about Australia and New Zealand. I, I'm curious as to what, if anything, any of us have eaten that it's traditional cuisine from there. Yeah, so, well, just to get it out, <clears throat> start it up. When you were a kid, what counted as international for you? <laughs> the house of pancakes. <laughs> no, not really. The blackberry syrup? <laughs> right. No, really. I mean, if you were going out, I mean, did you ever go to a restaurant and you were like, wow, this is just like something I would ne- you had never eaten before? Well, we, we, uh, uh, we are a German-Irish family, and we used to go eat a lot of German food. So, so lots like, of veiny sausages. Yes, and yeah. sauerkraut. A lot of sauerkraut. Yeah. Why'd you have See, to toss veiny in there, man? Because it is. It has <laughs> the big blue veins inside. It's weird. You may and be I'm, eating the wrong thing. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you, you're probably not eating it, the actual sausage that they're giving you. It comes out of a hole in the bathroom, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, That's the sausage producer. <laughs> it is. You push the button, the sausage comes out. The light comes on. Anyway, um, you know, was, own gravy, right? Oh. <laughs> when I was a kid, since my mom uh, helped a lot of refugees come over from uh, Vietnam and Laos and a lot of the uh, Korea, a lot of the the Asian countries, I we ate a lot of Asian food as growing up, and and they taught her how to cook as well. So I mean, she was always about trying new things. I mean, like um, going out for Cajun cuisine, like alligator and turtle soup and so i i had a lot of that stuff early on when i was growing up all right frog legs well and i uh have when i was a kid i want to say probably till i was 17 18 years old lived in an almost entirely hispanic neighborhood so when it comes to uh at least mexican food well beyond what you'd find at uh even unauthentic mexican restaurant uh i mean uh, some people uh have very little experience with uh, Mex- Mexican food beyond Taco Bell and margaritas. But uh, there's definitely, like, I, I grew up on pozole and chorizo con huevos and all sorts of things that now when I'll go into a, an actual Mexican restaurant and I'm the only white dude in there and I'll order some of this stuff, they'll give me a look. It's like, how do you know about this food? It's like, well, I grew up eating all this stuff. Yeah. My family's Polish. And... We uh, Poland. I mean, you're with the veiny sausage thing, Joel. Poland, they eat whatever. <laughs> uh, I know my grandmother would eat chicken feet. Uh, they occasionally would have chadnina, which is uh, duck blood soup. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, 
Poland will make food out of anything. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be talking more about Poland next week. Yeah. Because, yeah, we also had a Middle Eastern family in the neighborhood, and I'll definitely be revisiting that next week. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike was it you and I that went to the Red Apple together? <laughs> no, we all Refresh there, my think, memory. What's the Red Apple? Uh, I, I didn't go to the Red Apple until this year. Oh, wow. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that next week. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I mean, honestly... I remember. That- well, yeah, we had we had the food that was standard for us, but like I said, that's you know the you know European food. But for me, I honest to God, I thought about it, and outside of just like getting Chinese takeout, I cannot recall going to a like authentic like Mexican restaurant. Or I mean, I know we had to, but I nothing st- stood out in my head. I mean, I was just we were like, yeah, we went out for tacos, but. It was like Pepe's, you know. Oh, Pepe's is actually, I'd say, a fairly authentic. It's kind of a gateway, uh, authentic Mexican restaurant. Okay. Well, then I'll say Pepe's because that's outside of that. I mean, we would, we would do Chinese food. We would get in the, you know, the big wacky thing was when you would get, you know, uh, just something that wasn't chicken fried rice or, uh, chicken, chicken, uh, chow mein for us. I mean, we were pretty just standard on the food when I was growing up. Did now? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask: Does, does La Mujada do they count as authentic? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're a fairly uh, authentic uh, Mexican place. Some yeah. of them were going there in college, yeah, in post college. I mean, yeah. gr- growing up here in Houston, I mean, Mexican food is obviously everywhere, and we we would go to Mexican restaurants all the time. That was not even like it's so common down here. It's almost n- nobody really considers Mexican food uh, like like a foreign food down here. Everybody just like you know. Food. It, I mean, it's something that I've noticed ever since I've owned a food truck. I've started looking and you know, start noticing more food trucks, and there are literally there are literally like nine hundred taco trucks in this city, and every single one of them is making money hand over fist. So I'm thinking about converting to a taco truck. <laughs> no, well, and there's a difference between tacos and burritos and something like uh, chicharrones or pozole or something that yeah you're probably. Yeah. Or unlikely, yeah, it's something you're unlikely to eat unless you are at a real authentic Mexican restaurant, or if, unless you're like at a gathering uh, hosted by a Mexican family. Yep. You Which, know what? I take when you just said that. That just brought something up to my head. My my buddy in grade school, Andy Balthazar. Shout out to you, Andy. Um, lived across the uh, the condom condo place that we lived in. His mom made homemade tortillas. And homemade Mexican food that I would go over and eat all the time. And it was just like, I mean, it was like... Empanadas and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good, I mean, just, it was good eating there. I remember that. Yep. We had a neighbor like that that she used to make her own tortillas and all that stuff. She made the best Mexican food. Mm. A friend of mine from high school uh, married a first-generation Mexican who had come over. And we went over, uh, one time they had a big gathering of the whole family that were in town and... That's the first time I ever had cactus, you know, and I was like, mm. it was a novelty thing, but it's so good, you know, just like. If it's cooked right, yeah, it's really good. If it's cooked good. wrong, it is not good at all. I think when right. I had it, it was cooked wrong. It's kind, of, it's kind of like collard greens, like in the same sense, you know. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've tried it's to do it on my own so, unsuccessfully. So what restaurants did you frequent the most when you would, if you would go out to a, um, you know, say Mexican or Asian restaurant or Australian restaurant, <laughs> where, where would you, what would be like your go-to place? Well, I, this is a, I'll, I can answer your question and pose one back to you since you're the other one who uh, grew up in this area. Usually, if I was going specifically to a Chinese place, we'd go to Chinatown. 
And, uh, uh, I don't know if, uh, every, everybody else's cities growing up had a Chinatown, but that would be a thing we wouldn't do uh, probably but three, four times a year. Um, at least until, uh, around the time college, uh, came around and, uh, the like Christmas Eve going to a Chinese food place became a thing. Mm, I don't uh, know. We, I don't recall us ever going down to Chinatown. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it kind of blows my mind because we were, we were not that far away. Um, but no, I don't recall us ever heading down there. Yeah, we'd walk. Uh, there was always one restaurant and I wish I could remember the name of it. I, I can still picture it because it was an unusually gaudy, even for Chinatown place. It was like the Chinese restaurant that stood out the most, like big red Buddhas and foo dogs all over the place. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, gaudy as hell. Uh, and th- that's saying something. Like, even in that neighborhood, it was... Uh, like, this is what the white people want to see. Right. <laughs> that was the worst. I don't know why they sound like Cheech and Chong for some reason. <laughs> yeah, somehow Thank that's you. almost more racist than Joel's Asian voice. <laughs> I don't know. So I, leave it up to me to, to top the racism. So what was your favorite... He's ordering on Jerry Lewis with that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So what was your favorite fruit at this place then, Josh? Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, the thing I wanted the most was an appetizer called shrimp toast. Oh, yes. I was oh, yeah. all about shrimp toast and rice paper candy. Those oh. were like, I would get whatever else. I, I would like take a little off the plates for the entrees ordered for the table. But the thing that I wanted most was shrimp toast and rice paper candy. The rice, no, the rice paper candy is that stuff that's all wrapped up with like the little gummy on the inside. Yeah, there's a little uh, square gummy wrapped up with edible like sugar rice paper that dissolves when it hits your tongue yeah what about sugar biscuits did you ever get those no and i you know i still see them on i actually ordered uh chinese uh this afternoon and i saw the sugar biscuits on the takeout they're they're really good i've never had them Hmm. like chinese Uh, donuts basically oh that sounds good yeah or um crab rangoon is something i always had to have that's with the cream cheese inside there, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. It can be very different depending on where you get it from. Very different. Very true. Yeah, there's a lot of different interpretations for what Crab Rangoon actually is. Yeah. So what about you, uh, Pat? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Pat. What? No, I'm up. You're up. What, what sure. was the uh, restaurant you frequented when you were a kid? One of the, one of the biggest ones was um, the, the the Chinese restaurant called Beijing, which I actually still go to to this day. Um, so we went, we frequented that as a family so often that we have our own waiter. We know him by name. He knew all of us. He was actually saddened when my father passed. I mean, there's that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, just a great relationship with this one server at this one restaurant that my family's been going to forever for Chinese food. Um, so that's a, like a then and now for me, that place. And then, uh, the Mexican restaurants, um, uh, there's, well, there's one called, um, Marco's that we go to, we used to go to a lot. There's Guadalajara. A lot, there's a lot of different Mexican restaurants because, like I said, there's a whole lot of Mexican food lovers around here. So if you have a, a good Mexican restaurant, you're going to do a lot of business because there are people here that literally eat it almost every single day. So what was your favorite uh, meal at these places? Oh, I was a big fan of, uh, of oh, what, what is it? Oh, I can't think of it all of a sudden what it's called. Um, in the Chinese restaurant, Mushu, when they, when they come out with the pancakes and they roll it all up for you and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. I was a, I was a huge fan of that when I was a kid. It was either that or sweet and sour pork. That was all I ever ordered when I was younger. Oh yeah. Sweet and sour was definitely one of the go-to entrees as a child. Yeah. I rarely eat it as well, an adult. Exactly. I hardly ever eat it unless I'm at a buffet. That's pretty much the only time I ever get it anymore. I don't it's order, order. Like it's a good gateway for somebody who's never had Chinese food. Yeah. Yep. 
What about you, Joel? Um, for us, you know, Kansas City being the hotbed of uh, international cuisine that it is, <laughs> uh, we always went. The place we always went to is called Bowling's, and it was. Uh, it <laughs> Were their balls rolling down? <laughs> I was going to say that's what they told you, huh? Bow space Lings. Uh-huh. It was a uh, oh, it was okay. a small joint back then. It's it's grown into quite a chain these days, but back then there was only one restaurant and. Uh, my favorite thing to get off the menu was they had a, uh, it was like a, a chow fun. It was a big, fat, thick, wide noodles. And it was like a garlic and black bean sauce. And then my mom would always get the cashew chicken. So we would like share. And then, of course, you know, egg rolls and I crab love and cashew and, chicken. Okay. Yeah, cashew, cashew chicken, chicken is, is some good stuff. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I we, I went there all, all the time I was growing up. Once I hit high school, once I let, went to college, whenever I'd come back, that was the first place I'd go eat. And, um, you know, we got to know the people at the main restaurant pretty well, kind of like you were talking about. And um, it just became kind of a family place to go on a regular basis for that. And Mexican food really wasn't a big thing. Um, you know, Taco Bell, of course, is the go-to for anybody who wants non-Mexican Mexican food. But I worked at a Mexican restaurant, um, ironically enough, but it was a Mexican restaurant that was owned by two white people that went to Mexico, liked the food, came back and Americanized it. Uh, well, that, that, was, that honestly, though, is that restaurant. 90, 90% of the Mexican restaurants don't serve actual Mexican food. It's more of a Tex-Mex type mm. thing. I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, it's called Don Chilitos, and I worked there for like a year and a half in high school. And I still go there when I go back to town because, I mean, the food's good, but it's not at all traditional in any sense of the word. Um, and uh, it, like, you know. Mexican food is so delicious. <laughs> it really yes, is. If you actually go to Mexico and, and eat some of the food down there. Well, it's like when I went to um, uh, Colorado for the last visit here over the last summer. And, you know, my uh, my stepdad is, is half Guatemalan. And so, you know, he knows all the, the best kind of authentic restaurants for any of that kind of food. And, and we went to a place and it was fantastic. I mean, and it was all the traditional stuff. So I like going to a Mexican restaurant that doesn't have anything written in English in there. Like, Oh, we're about to get some good food. (laughs) (laughs) As you guys know, I spent significant time in Mexico. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was the, of all the weeks I was there thinking about it. Most of the time we were down in Mexico, I didn't eat Mexican food. Like there was a side of beans with almost everything, but like a lot of the times we would go to places because it was like, uh, one of my favorite restaurants in Mexico was called La Pirata. I wanted to go there because it was the pirate. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason we picked it because it was the pirate and got there and we kept going back because it was the cheapest, most delicious filet mignon you could get like in the world. You're talking like a plate with two bacon wrapped filets and sides. For like seven dollars. Whoa! Wow. So yeah, we uh, yeah, I, I probably was, I don't even know if it's still down there. Was beef in quotation marks? No, no this was this <laughs> was, was good beef. stuff too. Wow. It was yeah, I've, I've had quite a few steaks in my day, and uh, these were among the best. Wow. Is that where you got the coconut pirate head from? No, I think that came from a garage sale. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, going to Mexico is where I got my collection of uh, various Herpes. statues. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, that I, you guys have seen that are mostly Maya, specifically yeah. from Chichen Itza. I still have that. They're all packed up now since I'm moving. But yeah. And that's where you fell in love with Squirt. Oh, yeah, because it was the best soda you could get in a bottle. And I think I, I was uh, turned off to Coke and Pepsi when I was down there because they tried to hand it to me in a can, and the cans were tin. Ooh, ooh. And it messed with the flavor something crazy. Yep. Yep, tin, that's, why they, that's why they all ended up going away from tin. Because when tin hits your lips, it just, you know, you can't help but taste metal. Yeah. Unless you have new lips. My coat tastes like We used to have a restaurant. I mean, I know we, we did go out. Now, I, I'm, I became a fan of spicy food. So, like, we had this one Asian place that I, I recall going to, but the only big thing I re- have, recall having was like the beef with the red peppers in it. Those long, skinny red peppers, spicy mm-hmm. beef. Kung, Kung Pao beef? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're talking about the uh, bird's eye chilies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know one time we went there, and it was us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hang on. It was us and another family. So uh, sister's talking to one of the kids. My my parents are chatting with their parents. Everybody's talking. I'm just mowing down on this. And there was a pep. You know, you eat that, and you take the pepper, and you kind of put it to the side. It's done its job. You don't want to. You respect it by not eating it. (laughs) I missed one. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> the worst. Put it in my mouth, bit down, and it was full of juice. Oh! And the top popped off, and I recall this vivid pain to this day because that popped off and shot straight down the back of my throat. But you guys don't eat the bird's eye chilies? No. no. Huh. No. I, I am a fan of spice to a point. Yeah. I don't like when I can't taste anything other than my mouth on fire. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like I'm used to guys who are like super serious uh, about spice, so I'm used to being like I don't want to say uh, the the weakling in the spice group, but I, I I guess my experience is not universal because those are hot. Don't get me wrong; I'm not gonna say oh no, I'll just eat them for breakfast in my cereal. I mean, I like the mustard. That's pretty spicy that I put on the egg rolls. And no, that's, that's about delicious. as spicy as I can Kung take. Crunch. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't go any spicier than that. Kung oh. Crunch. Nice. <laughs> Whereas, like, I, I have it's a... It's delicious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got Thank a jar jokes. of uh, Scotch Bonnet hot sauce Ooh. from a nope, uh, uh, listener, uh, Joe Dane. And, uh, yeah, I'll just put that on stuff. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah, no. I got a butt no. pucker just thinking about that. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> but no, that that pop shot down the back of my throat. Now the thing is, nobody's paying any attention to me because I'm just eating. They're all talking. It, it was about a minute in, into me going. <laughs> <laughs> then probably like my sister's like, I think Michael's dying. <laughs> like I couldn't talk. It, I, it literally destroyed my voice for like the rest of the night. I could I, every time I tried to talk, all I came, I sounded like a 65 year old chain smoker. We. We thought he was just doing a Foster Brooks impression. <laughs> now, what about cooking at home? Did you guys do any, you know, like what sort of uh, uh, international type stuff would you make when, you know, did you cook at my home? Mom, my mom made a lot of Italian food. She was really good at Italian food. Um, Anything? One, one time she tried Chinese and that did not turn out well. See, we had the and same I, thing. I inherited that. I can't cook Chinese for shit. That's about the only thing I can't cook. You know, he don't cook for shit. <laughs> my mom talked about buying a wok once. We have one now. Uh, and when I was in high school, we had, I took a cooking class because it was a free, you know, easy credit. Mm-hmm. And, um, the class itself was four teams of four. I was a freshman 
and it was like all seniors that were just trying to get the final blow off credit to graduate. So it was one freshman Mike at a table with the other three freshman or uh, senior guys who were trying to get this class done and over with. And whenever they had us do a project, we had to cook something. It was always the spiciest or the most outlandish thing we can come up with. And we did a chili, uh, um, Asian food with chili oil once that we threw it into the wok, which we discovered immediately afterwards that the wok was too hot. And the resulting explosion of uh, chili oil, they had to evacuate the top floor of the school <laughs> because it was like it was like a pepper pepper spray went off. We had to open up all the windows. Nobody could breathe. The other classes are like, what the hell? You know, so... I, that's that's my number one recipe, I guess. <laughs> Evacuated the high school. You know, you know how to make pepper spray. Yeah, I know how to make pepper spray. Well, that was that. <laughs> so, did you? I mean, what about you, Joel? You what? What food? Uh, you, you sounds like you had a lot of different foods being made at home. Um, my my mom's really her claim to fame, as far as that goes, is uh, she was taught how to make Vietnamese egg rolls, and every time she made them, she would make like this super big batch. And I remember going to the the Asian store with her to go pick up you know all the ingredients because you couldn't buy them in in regular stores in kansas city because it's not like chicago where they have everything um so we you know get the 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 rice wraps and uh the the uh, shiitake like the dried out mushrooms and um come back and i'd help her prep it all and and then she'd make this giant batch and she'd freeze a bunch of them so that you know wouldn't go bad and then she'd have like this giant tupperware container like i mean it was one of those football-sized stadium ones, like the really, really big ones. And I would I would tear through those in a matter of a couple of days. And um, after she'd make them, then, uh, you know, you'd have them in the freezer for however long you wanted them. And, and she used to make batches for me when I was in college and after. And I would, you know, either get them in the mail or I would uh, pick them up when I came down to visit. The other thing that she made was she had a little fryer and she used to buy the, the uh, uncooked, the prawn chips. And she would fry up the prawn chips. And if you've ever had a, a prawn chip before, <clears throat> when it starts out, it looks like a like a shrinky dink, like it's a hard piece of uh, multicolored food stuff, like it's blue or green or or pink. And then you You're throw it in really the fryer, and it puffs, it, man. It puffs up really, really big, and it gets so crispy. And it's it's kind of like a looks like a pork rind, but it tastes like shrimp. And they're so good, especially when they're fresh out of the fryer. You can buy what them is in the store. Again? Prawn chips. You can buy them in the store, um, pre-cooked. They're usually white in most cases. Um, oh, and, uh, is that what those are? Yeah. Okay. They have different flavors in some stores. Like they'll have barbecue and cheddar cheese just to kind of make them more American. But they're yeah. they're just good. It's a good snack. And it's pretty low calorie too. Huh. Thinking back on it, growing up, uh, my mom was not much of a cook, actually. <laughs> like, like I, I've discovered so many things that I didn't like when I was a kid because she just wasn't very good at it. And when we had anything that was uh, more unusual than meatloaf or overcooked chicken or cream chip beef, it was probably just like the hard taco shells, uh, cheddar cheese, and... Uh, uh, ground beef with the like McCormick's taco seasoning. <laughs> Make your own dinner, you savages. <laughs> well, that's eventually what it became. Like because like we'd all arrive late and uh, we weren't all that enthusiastic because uh, she wasn't that great of a cook, and we she eventually <laughs> stopped. And I ended up learning uh, in the neighborhood, like the first two things, I became obsessed with salsa once I realized the Tex-Mex like picante sauce 
not real authentic salsa, like chunky stuff that's cooked down. I became obsessed with like making it, trying different brands. Uh, and, uh, we'd go to Sam's club and I'd just go through like a half gallon of salsa in a week. <laughs> and drinking it. No, you make yourself an ulcer. <laughs> yeah. Basically I, I would Animal. survive on cans of squirt and like, uh, boxes of chips with half gallons of salsa. It was disgusting. Jesus. You were giving yourself an ulcer. We got that five pound box of chips from Omni. Yep. <laughs> But when it came to cooking, one of the first things I learned uh, to cook uh, that was not like traditional American fare was chorizo con huevos, which is eggs and chorizo, which is a spicy pork sausage. I like chorizo. Me too. Oh, it's so good. And uh, this is uh, a type of food that you can usually get in a breakfast burrito anywhere, but it's fine for dinner as well. And it's super easy to make. I've uh, made it for D&D games where you just – uh, get the sausage uh, all broken down and uh, cooked until it's turning dark brown. And you need about a dozen eggs for each full uh, spicy chorizo sausage. And then you just make a normal burrito or taco out of it. There was a- get yourself an extra biscuit, you know, to make sure to sop up all that grease from the chorizo. <laughs> oh, yeah. A big tin of biscuits. That was the thing. We had chorizo at Trader Joe's, but it's freaking soy chorizo. Ugh. Yeah. Stuff is gross. And I also encountered Spanish chorizo. And if you're used to Mexican chorizo, they're very different. Like uh, Spanish chorizo is cured and huh. you slice it and it stays in slices, almost more like an andouille or a kielbasa. Okay. So it just doesn't crumble out like the regular. Right. Oil. Okay. There's a place by me, uh, El Burrito Loco, that has breakfast. Mm. We have one of those here. Yeah, and their their uh, chorizo con huevos uh, is delicious. I would have. Yeah, remember we we went there and had it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. I mean, that place is real authentic. They even have um, one of the one of the things like that's a signal for me as like a good Mexican restaurant, like more authentic. Is like this place has a soda machine, and then they next to it they've got. Um, uh, horchata machine? Hor- yeah, horchata, mm, but not yes. a, not a machine. Horchata, like fresh made, just tap on on, on tap, really. Oh, I'm used to like the uh, old school, like you'd see in Kmart, where there'd be a fruit punch, but it's like water falling down the sides. Yeah, no, this a is machine a, like that for horchata. Yeah, this, yeah. This place has a like a like a four gallon tub that they would make in the back and ice up, and then just bring it out. That was good. So, but that's one of my favorite things about an authentic Mexican restaurant is the horchata. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I was introduced to that actually. Uh, my dad would go out of his way to go to Summit, down Archer Road to go to El Famous Burrito. Oh yeah. And yeah, it was the first time I'd ever had the like burrito the size of your head in a no frills place that when you first walk in, you're just like, this can't be health department safe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Uh, but the burritos are so good. Well, that's the thing is like uh, with with Mexican restaurants, I discovered that like there's a place you go to one that's super fancy, shiny. You're going to get like a taco the size of, you know, your your lungs, your finger, and it's going to cost you 17 bucks. But there's a place just across the river from me, little bitty place, and it's like a buck 50 a taco, but they're delicious. And it, they also, well, that's, that's actually more for the now. So we'll yeah, skip another I'm so, sure we'll Yeah, we'll get there. Revisit that. What okay, about food? What food did you refuse? to eat was there anything that you would just just not touch 
I was a fat yeah, kid. Yeah, that, that silence probably just said <laughs> that. We're all <laughs> like, man, I just like food. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, if they cooked it and it went in my mouth, I was fine with it. Um, Indian food would probably be the closest thing. That's been a lifelong, not really hatred, but just inappreciation, I guess. I do not like Indian food. I've tried several different times in several different ways. Huh. And I, yeah, so. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, what kind of, what's you talking about? Uh Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every I, I, curry mainly is. The, I oh, mean, okay. I, I've tried, I've tried a lot of curry dishes. I've tried a lot of really uh, some some dishes were way too spicy for me. Some of the um the um the tikka masala, you know, I didn't care for the flavor of it. The um. So yeah, I, it's just the flavor and the texture, or both, on almost every dish. Okay. Because the the meat is just always way overcooked. The sauce is is usually just way too runny for me. I don't you know. There, there, I don't know. There's just a lot of things I don't like about it. Okay. Yeah. For me, I mean, I'll eat anything once. You know. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Although, if a dish features a uh, vegetable I don't like, like I, I've never liked green beans. So there are uh, some. Like uh, especially Chinese dishes that uh, feature green beans heavily, so I don't want them. Okay. Yeah, I like green uh, beans though. Yeah, or, or mm. anything with olives, which will uh, box out some Mexican food. Mm. But more Tex-Mex. That's that's more of a like throw black olives on nachos kind of thing. Mm. Mm. All right, I want nachos. Do you want to take a break and uh, we'll come back and talk about international now? Well, yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait, yeah, oh, wait, Joel, Joel. Joel. Yeah. When when I was growing up, since you know there was so much ethnic stuff around all the time my mom kind of instilled early on that you know you should try everything twice and see whether you like it and so you know there wasn't anything that i really wouldn't give a whirl i don't think that i remember i was probably more turned off by like brussels sprouts than i was by having squid or alligator you know um especially the the meat stuff that's always fun to i ate I ate a kangaroo. That didn't happen yeah. yet, but it's going to. I've always been much more adventurous you know, in my food. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I'll I'm there too. About anything. Unless it has a face. Like literally, like the like they haven't, like a, a, a Branzino or something? Well, I couldn't do a whole crawfish. Like that was the one thing off the buffet in oh, Vegas. Yes. Like I couldn't crack the head off and eat the crawfish. I had to put a napkin over the crawfish because it was looking at me. <laughs> I will I I, I tear through some fresh crawfish like a uh, madman. I've eaten it, but I, not for not when it's whole. Yeah, I, I I have to have it in something. Okay, I've, tr- I've tried sucking the head. I, I just I, I don't I don't think it's bad or anything, but it's just it's not worth the effort. The taste wasn't enough to really you know justify it. And, and justify the work for it. Yeah. Okay. Because because by the time you get done with getting the tail off of a crawfish, you're kind of tired. I mean, I, I don't mean tired, but you're just like, all right, that was enough work for one creature. I don't want to have to go to the other side and do the same thing again. So. Mm. There's a lot of waste with crawfish. Yeah, there is. We used to, when I owned the restaurant, we used to do crawfish boils and man, talk about the amount of everything. Yeah, you order like like 10 pounds of crawfish and you're going to be returning about eight pounds of it for the garbage. And three pounds in the toilet. So, yeah, when we come back, I think we're going to, our horizons all have broadened since uh, childhood. So I think we're going to hit a whole bunch of countries that uh, we hadn't talked about. Yeah. Maybe we'll even find out if, uh, as adults, some of us have had uh, traditional Australian fare beyond the old uh, Fosters and Bloomin' Onions. (laughs) All right. So we'll be back in a little bit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of International Food. 
Yeah, so I, as we got older, I guess we discovered that there are other countries besides China and Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pat was that was huge for Pat. <laughs> Shut up! Uh, I, I didn't know about China. <laughs> American Gladiator, you did. I thought I thought China was like a, a county in Texas or something. <laughs> so, do we just want to do a quick rundown of the various countries that we've had food from, and then like return to? Uh, I don't know how we want to structure this part. Well, um, yeah, let's. I guess that sounds like a that sounds like a good way to do it because it's you know international now was a question that I posted there, but international now, like you just described, has completely broadened from. Mexican food to Chilean food to uh, uh, just all over the place, especially with the advent of the food truck. Sure. And uh, okay, so let's let's start there in uh, Central and South America because, uh, in addition to Mexican food, I know that uh, the Brazilian steakhouse has been a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're delicious. Uh, Colombian food has been uh, a thing for me. Just had Colombian last night. Um, then, uh, if you're in Chicago, it's hard to uh, avoid either Puerto Rican or Cuban. Yep. There's a Puerto Rican, uh, truck that also pulls up over on, uh, Wacker right across the street from us too. So, you know, that's uh, something I've, I've always wanted. I still have not had as a, as a pulled pork, like a Cuban pork sandwich. Whatever Cubano. Cubano. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And a Cubano is not pulled pork. It's, it's almost like a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like pickles and cheese, and but it's f- almost like they flattened it under a book. Yeah, they're my, squished. Yeah, I, I had my first Cuban sandwich two, three years ago, and I've had a bunch of them now. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, these. Um, I definitely have to say. I mean, with the you know, living in Chicago as a kid, and then moving back and living in like the Oak Park area when I was when we uh, Susie and I got married. You know, there's just so many different restaurants down there. Um, like I said, discovering Thai food. Oh, I'm such a fan of Thai. Oh, glass noodles are delicious. Um, I agree. Glass noodles are delicious, but Thai food doesn't always equate deliciousness with glass noodles. Yeah, well, it's not my go-to either. I usually, when it comes to each cuisine, uh, especially when it comes to the more obscure ones, I like find my thing. Like if I'm going Colombian, I'm getting churrasco, which is the, the steak. Uh, that'll have like potatoes and fried plantains. And, uh, my favorite is, uh, made from the actual same root that tapioca comes from. Oh, there's a, there's a food truck down here. It's called Churrasco's to go. You would love it. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, and it occurs to me that every uh, dinner I've had for anniversary has either been like sushi, Colombian, or Brazilian. I think we did Italian one year. Uh, for Thai, uh, like Joel was saying, like my go-to is masaman curry. It's a curry dish with like potatoes and peanuts. I have to say the other thing that definitely um, brought out the new foods to me was working at Trader Joe's. Oh, I bet. Because there's something – one, there's something new every week. And second, they are – they're just delicious. Um, they had a whole assortment. I know, Pat, you're not a fan of it, but the Indian foods they had – uh, with the chickpeas uh, and the spice, I forget the name of it, the spicy red sauce. Hummus? No, it wasn't hummus. It was actual oh. the, the chickpeas. Yeah. Hummus is not Indian. Yeah, the this is the um, crap. Probably garam masala if it's Mas- red. Yeah, that's it. But they have oh. it in the in the bags. You just heat it up and you eat it. And the best thing about it is that they're so spicy, you just come out with that with that flavor to you. <laughs> Everyone knows what you had for lunch. And leaves you alone. That's also another thing I don't like about Indian food is you can't get rid of it. 
Uh, I don't know. I think there's kind of a gateway, especially for uh, the more exotic cuisines like Indian and sushi, like the traditional gateway for Indian, I think, is probably like samosas and pakoras and chicken tikka masala. Mm-hmm. All very, like, easy to digest. You're not going crazy kind of stuff. You're basically eating dumplings and chicken in, like, spicy yogurt sauce. Yeah. Now, right. <clears throat> excuse me. If, I, if you're going out for lunch now, let's say you're in a place where you have a wide variety, what's your go-to meal? Don't all answer at once now. Well, <laughs> Thank you, you know. What food do you like? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, what if, let's say you have a choice of anything, like like you're downtown Chicago. You can walk, you know, three Are you, are you saying what, <clears throat> excuse me, what country are we going to go for or, or what dish are you looking well, for? Well, let's go for, let's go for that. Let's, what country do you go for? What country of the ones we're talking about this week yes. are we going to go for? Yes. Sushi is probably one of my big picks. I, I could eat sushi almost every day. I could too, but it has to be from the right sushi place. Oh, yeah, of course. There's but no oh, middle ground I still on sushi. Eat, I will still eat gro- grocery store sushi. If I, you know, I mean, Say that it's again. Still, it's still good. Grocery it's store sushi. Great. No, yeah, that was very difficult to say for some reason. Gas station sushi. Oh. I will not do that. No. I will not do that. Walgreens sells sushi now. I will not do that. I I will not do that either. Um, I told you guys about the mall sushi, <laughs> which was shockingly at pretty decent. Well, it depends on what mall. I mean, there's a. I mean, you go to Yorktown. You know, out in Downers Grove, Illinois, you're not going to have. I mean, I, this sushi place isn't going to be as good as like. There's one up in uh, Woodfield, and don't go to the one in North Riverside. Oh no! In fact, <laughs> don't eat any food in North. And Riverside. all you can eat buffet uh, at uh, in Niles at uh, Golf Mill. That I went there because I worked across the street and I was curious. Yeah. And it was, it was like, well, I, it's all you can eat. So even if it's grocery store quality, I can make them regret that policy. And uh, right, gotcha. They can make you regret it. <laughs> well, I've been back there a few times because I was like, okay, now that I've had, because they had more stuff than just sushi, they also had uh, various Pan-Asian cuisine, and they had raw oysters on the half shell. Yep. When the I like mall, when the mall raw oysters on the half shell didn't put me down, I was like, okay, this place is fine. <laughs> I'm apparently invincible. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm like Bruce Willis. That was my birthday dinner this year was going there and uh, everybody usually has the same gateway with sushi, the California roll. It's very unassuming. Or the spicy tuna roll. Or the spicy tuna. Yeah. And then maybe you'll start to get into, oh, look at all those little pieces of fish on their little beds of rice. Yep. You start to get Uh, in the sashimi? Well, those are nigiri. Sashimi is just the fish. fish. Right. Yeah, I am a big fan fan of uh, Anemone. They have the uh, they have that one place on me that has the sells Anemone, and then we also have the one that has these the um, crap crab fish eggs, dungfish. Oh, lost uh, the name. The row, the row. Yeah, but it's the big the big ones, like the black big black ones. Had that once, and we went out to dinner with uh, the whole family, and my brother in law was trying to. Uh, show off and i ordered a bunch of sushi for it and he's like oh i'm gonna get the row you know he he had one bite of it and they started popping in his mouth and he was just like <laughs> you want this I, i'm <laughs> done with this I'm, I'm full you know 
Roe is about <laughs> the only thing sushi-wise I don't care for. I also don't like the tamago, the little uh, pillow of egg. I love the shit out of everything sushi, and I would eat sushi. Yeah, I'm on the cat side. If sushi and pizza are my two favorites. As long as it doesn't have scallops on it, I'll try any sushi. And I've had the scallop ones too, and it's just I don't like scallops. But how do you guys feel about the eel, which is usually got its own sauce and is cooked? That eel sauce is delicious. Yeah, eel is Agreed. literally my favorite. I have to get eel every time. I have to get eel nigiri every time I go to. There is there's a place by me called Wang's Garden, and <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And next they, to that is a great sushi joint. Yes, no, they have a. It's you order it. It's like fifty bucks, and there. it's a sushi boat. And you think, oh, love sushi boat. And they bring it out on a pirate ship. Oh, it's you like just made Josh. Yeah. yeah, it's like this whole multi-leveled with the sauces in the middle, and it looks like a pirate ship. And there's, uh, imagine a pirate ship uh, completely manned by little sushi pirates. That sounds oh, amazing. Yeah, okay. I can definitely imagine that. And you know who you Josh is making reservations right now? Yeah, <laughs> Josh is. Let's go. We're going. <laughs> um, but it's the the sushi. What I like about this place is again, it's a sushi guy is up there up front cooking it, they're cooking it, but making it right there in front of you. Um, Sometimes they cook it. Yeah, we well we go over there, and out of you know who actually loves sushi now is Katie. Really? Oh nice. yeah, she will put down salmon uh, all day. She'll order a whole plate of salmon. They have a um, thing called a Godzilla roll. Oh, Godzilla rolls, awesome! Yeah, Godzilla rolls. That's my go-to. But yeah, salmon, uh, salmon, and tuna are my two big ones. I know they are kind of like I don't know boring fish, but they're my favorites. See, I didn't get introduced to the to uh, sushi until I was an adult. My mom, when I was visiting her uh, uh, family in Nashville, we went out for sushi, and I I started with yellowtail. And for me, that's always been my, like, go-to starter. Mm -hmm. Just because it is. It's kind of, it's not too fishy. It's it's simple, it's straightforward, and it's a good kind of palate cleanser. But, you know, since then, I've branched out, and, yes, if if somebody says sushi, I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely when we're all together again. Going out for sushi, that's a thing. Go to the sushi boat. right, we are. (laughs) I I really got involved with with my love affair with sushi uh, when I was dating Angela. We used to go out for sushi all the time, and we actually, one of my favorite dining out stories uh, is what happened in a sushi restaurant. We used to order the shit out of sushi. And we had a waiter one time. We had we were we were on in the middle of like trying to order our seventh or eighth roll or whatever, <laughs> and the waiter just stopped and he goes, "That's enough." <laughs> <laughs> and I, we both kind of looked at each other. We're like, "Okay." And as soon as he walked away, we're like, "Do we have a problem?" <laughs> when the waiter is like, "I think you're ordering plenty of food. You should stop." <laughs> uh, but no, this this place uh, really good food there, uh, Wangs, and they've got. One of the things that I love getting with sushi and the spicy food is um, Asahi beer. Oh, yeah. I like I like Sapporo better, but I like Japanese oh. beer in general. I'm yeah. about, all about the Kirin. Really? Yeah. I like the Asahi. It's, it's, it's almost champagne-y. Although I, for years, thought I really just didn't like sake, and I finally had one that I liked. Which one? Uh, there was a vaguely raspberry flavored hot sake. I think I just Ooh. don't like traditional cold. Okay. I have tried oh. sake many, many ways, and I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't care for it. I like I, it. Go up to, to if you go up to uh, Golf Road to a uh, Mitsuhawa. They've they're the uh, Asian grocery store like marketplace they have up there. Oh yeah, Mitsuha. Mitsuha. Yeah, we used to drive up there all the time when in school. Go up there with Jensen. Yeah, um, we discovered that's where they had pocky. Right. And oh. uh, they I could do I could do sake bombs. 
Speaking of sake, sorry. But they have like a whole selection of it. I mean, just, I didn't realize that there were that many varieties of oh. sake. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, go to, you go to the right sushi joint, and yeah, they've got a, an entire like wine list of sake. Yeah. Yeah, last year when I was having my problems before my surgeries, sushi was one of the few things I could eat. And that was when I finally picked off of the long list of sake and found one I liked. Because I'd been, tr- same as you guys, I'd tried it for years and hadn't liked any of it. And I finally found one last year that I liked. I've tried like, you know, individual orders. I've tried like flights a couple different times. I've tried all kinds of things. And I just don't find, I can find some that I can tolerate, but I don't find any that I really like. Hmm. Now, what if we swing back to South America? Yeah, I was going to ask, because we've talked about eating too much food, so I want to talk about the Brazilian steakhouse. I have Have we all done it? I've never been. I've seen it on TV, like they've talked about them, and I I know what it is, but I've never gone, and I always wanted to. There's one here out by me, right by, it's just near Butterfield and something by Fry's. Yes, it is the best in the Chicagoland area. It's where Sarah and I had our fifth anniversary. I was hoping someone else had eaten there. No, I haven't eaten there. I just want to go there. so good. I I went to one close by here for a Christmas dinner, and yeah, it was... It was some of the best food I've ever had. It was, I ate so much that I actually got sick. Wow. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't stop eating. I was just like, <laughs> as I'm eating the lamb, I'm like, I'm so full and I feel so bad, but this is so good. I want more. And they keep walking by you with the, with the skewers of meat and it just looks so good. Yeah. For me, the don't trick, want to go on. <laughs> you don't. For me, the trick was, uh, I do cannot be tempted by sausages or chicken because there are going to be so many good cuts of pork and beef. And lamb, don't forget the lamb. And lamb. Although for me, like just like the different kind of like bacon uh, fillet and then like the garlic steak and then this, like there's just so many different types of steak that I want to have sixth and seventh cuts of. Uh, that's Yeah, Chamagacha is the one Mike was talking about and it is the best in uh, the Chicagoland area. It's not cheap. Like dinner for two, you're, you're probably dropping hundred plus dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tamagotchi. It's one of those. Don't, where it's, don't waste your money or don't waste your stomach space on the salad. No, <laughs> although you can spare some stomach space for the cheese, the little cheese red bread rolls that are in the middle. Mm, cheese bread rolls. Yeah, they're this uh, Brazilian cheese bread. Uh, I forget uh, what they're called exactly. I think they're actually called Pau de Quejo, literally just cheese bread. Never been there again. I I really want to go. Yeah, if you have a special occasion and it's like, okay, this is going to be the big dinner, you're not going to be talking about like some sort of five-star Michelin where you have to have like six months in advance uh, reservations, like an Alinea where your dinner is going to be $900. Oh, yeah. But this is is like a once a year kind of thing, and it's really pretty good. Cool. So we've got sushi and Brazilian steakhouse as a must the next time we're all together. <laughs> and then we all pass out on the floor. Oh, my God. Brazilian steakhouse. That's one of those where you eat breakfast and you, like, start drinking water for lunch because uh, you are going to be hurting. Yeah. And you don't want to go in not 100% hungry. Yeah. Nice. And the food. I mean, it's not It's not even just the quantity. I mean, it's, the quality is delicious as well. I mean, they're so good. They well, just walk around. Back to your original. Oh, okay. go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, they walk around with swords of meat, and they just carve it right off for you. It's amazing. Yeah. Going back to the original question about where would you go, for me, I'd, I would probably hit either the Japanese or Chinese place, whichever one was closest, and I would find any number of things to <laughs> shove into my face. 
and Where's the best of, Chinese food place you've eaten, Joel? Speaking of Chinese food, real quick. Uh, Chinese food, if you don't want Chinese food and everybody's ordering it for some reason, get the chicken wings. They're always good. Guaranteed. 100%. That is anyway. true. Chinese, Chinese yeah. chicken wings are delicious. Always good. Even if they're overcooked, they're always good. Um, the best Chinese food place I've ever eaten, like in the States? Yeah. Um, there was a place over by when I lived in Raytown, and it was just around the corner from our um, house. And I want to say it was called New China Buffet, not not the same one that Dennis used to like to go to in Illinois. But it was a little place, hole in the wall, dirty as hell. But man, every time we ordered the food, it was always good. There was always a ton of leftovers, and it was cheap. I mean, just one of the little hole in the wall places that you wouldn't know of if you didn't live in the area. Yeah, <clears throat> my favorite Chinese place in Chicago, and probably probably ever, was one of those types of places um, up there in Andersonville called Miss Egg Roll Number Two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's going to be good when they have a like number after it. Exactly, like they were good enough to open a second location. But I mean, we would call them up like uh, like on the way home from work. I'd call them up, uh, getting off of my stop, and by the time I had walked to them, my food was ready. Nice. There's my favorite is pr- probably Asian, more specifically Korean. Oh, I love Korean food, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I discovered a place downtown uh, at Lai Lai. I've been to Lai Lai. Yeah, it's right on – it's on Western Avenue. Yep. And Did they, he pronounce that right? Yeah, he did. Shut up. <laughs> he did. I'm amazed. No, it's good stuff, man. It's uh, – you go it's in – It's so good, Mike learned the name. Yeah, <laughs> I learned how to say it right. Now, the funny thing about it is it shares a, it shares a front door with uh, a billy goat, but um, – <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's it's one of those places where I'll uh, it's a couple blocks away. I go there, get like a uh, get the barbecue, a chicken barbecue skewers, or get something. You know, bring it back, and I come back to the office, and I open it up, and invariably you get that. Who is eating that? What is that? And it's like you know. And again, I had said this before. It was like everybody I work with, they work right downtown, and everybody friggin' goes to Subway. Uh, Potbelly or uh, Chipotle. Huh. There's the top three restaurants of my office. Look. I need a burrito. There's, you know, and I come a- back. Well, it's the thing is, I come back with all this, you know, with all this crazy food. You know, I walk down to the French market and come back with, you know, uh, uh, they have Cajun food there. And I come back with all this different stuff. And they're like, where do you find this food? I'm like, you're in downtown. Throw a rock. There's mm-hmm. La Cucina just down the street. Go get some. Yeah. Nice- Cheap but Mexican food. Lies. When you get Korean takeout, do they have all of the like uh, millions of side dishes that you get if you sit down at a Korean barbecue? Uh, not a million, but like four. <clears throat> uh, okay, because uh, I've I've been to Korean barbecue once, and we didn't actually get the barbecue. We each got like noodle dishes, mm-hmm. and then they started bringing out the side dishes. Yep. And there's just all of these little bowls, mm-hmm. and they just kept coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's did, what I love. Kimchi and, and bulgogi. That's that's my go-to if we go to a Korean place. The bulgogi there is delicious and the kimchi is fantastic. But if you work in an office, do not get the kimchi because then nobody will have <laughs> you know, anything to do with you for the rest of the day. I hate you, yes. They might kick you out of the actual office. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we, we sit down in a meeting. It's like, so what's going on? You know. <laughs> Somebody do you guys kimchi? remember when I used to work for the uh, – I love kimchi. When I, when I was like – Basically, like a butler for the consulate general of South Korea in Chicago. Do you guys remember that? No. <laughs> no this sounds like something you're making up. Yeah, yeah like I, I'm calling story. bullshit on this one. No, it's an actual true story. <clears throat> okay. Um, when I worked for the caterer, um, she had a, a client 
that every now and then um, somebody would go work for him for a while, and he was he was the consulate general of North Korea um, or South Korea, sorry. And yes, best Korea. Yeah, <laughs> and just a real friendly guy, real nice. But I mean, he needed somebody to like run little because he had dinner parties almost like three or four nights a week, and he needed somebody to come and serve as you know a a, um, a server. And as a bartender, and basically just as like an overall valet, and just help out with everything, because he had in his kitchen an actual like uh, chef that he brought with himself. His, his like his dedicated chef. She didn't speak a lick of English. She was completely South Korean, and made some of the most amazing Korean food I've ever had in my life. And like, I mean, he would have dignitaries and shit there, all kinds of politicians, whatever, and we'd serve, you know, and I'd have to serve them and stuff, and. She would just, you know, as soon as everybody was served and the party was winding down before I had to clean up, she would just set the table for me to have whatever I want. And like you said, it'd just be like 30 different tiny little dishes, and she'd be like trying to tell me what everything was. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't care. Just give me more. <laughs> so I ate all kinds of delicious food and had no idea what any of it was all the time. Right. You couldn't possibly order it again. Like no, I would never be able to replicate those meals for myself. But, man, yeah. they were just Huh. That's why Korean joints are fun to go to. Now, has anybody else done shabu shabu? Once, but a doctor gave me a shot and it went away. <laughs> yep. I got the herbs. Shabu shabu. Before you start on that, my last story about the, the, oh, the, this gig I had. Um, do, you, do you guys remember that bottle of Finlandia 21 I had? Mm-hmm. That was the tip that I got from him uh, for working on a Christmas party. It was a bottle that that was of vodka that was distilled 21 times. It was not available in America, but he had a case of it down in his basement. And when he found out that I liked vodka, he gave me one. Oh, nice. <clears throat> anyway, so go ahead, shabu shabu. Shabu shabu. It's a type. It's a, like a hot pot. Y- you get these little strips of meat, and you get little plates of vegetables. And uh, the hot pot will have your broth in it. And you basically take your skewers or your chopsticks and you kind of swish the meat around in the hot broth. And it's so thin that it cooks super fast. And uh, it's kind of an event. You'll just sit there with a, the a pot of boiling broth in front of you. And you throw your vegetables in because they take a little longer to cook. And you swish your meat around and uh, dip it in sauce. Mm-hmm. Usually there will be like a soy sauce, a garlic sauce, a couple of different hot sauces, and what's uh, called ponzu, which is like a citrus soy. Yeah, I love ponzu. Oh, so good. So it's uh, kind of like um, the melting pot, like a fondue kind of thing? Kind of. I, kind of, yeah. You, you pick a couple of types of meat, a couple of sauces, and then what you want in your broth. Like you can get just like normal uh, seaweed broth, or you could get uh, miso in there. Which is like, you know, if you've had miso soup when you've had Oops sushi, soup. it's the same yeah. thing. It's a, a fermented bean curd. Hey, Pat, like I just I just sent a uh, a picture of a shabu shabu mm-hmm. uh, meal. Yeah, the- and what's awesome about it is once you're done, uh, the cook will come to your table after you've eaten all of the meals, and they'll say, "Okay, you've chosen noodles or rice," and they will take your noodles or rice. Uh, dump it into the broth that you've left over from cooking all of your meats and vegetables, uh, season it a little bit, crack an egg in it, and stir it up, and then you've got this bowl of delicious noodles with all of the flavors that you've had throughout the meal to, like, finish off your meal. 
that sounds amazing. Uh, you guys just reminded me of something that I, I haven't mentioned yet, and I don't know where it qualifies. Wait, in wait, here, Joel, but... We should go there after we go to the <laughs> right. sushi place in the Brazilian um, steakhouse. Mongolian barbecues. There's a there was a place in Kansas City called Genghis Khan, and talk about it was like a ten thousand calorie meal, but so worth it. Plus, they had free fried chicken wings, and that you could get as many as you wanted, along with you know the Mongolian barbecue, which was amazing. Well, now, look at it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, looking at that picture and listening to you describe how that is, I think I watched a video of a uh, sumo wrestler eating a shabu-shabu meal all by himself. I, I know in uh, the Bill Murray flick that we watched, uh, Lost in Translation, they went to a shabu-shabu place and they didn't finish their meal because that was where they got into their fight. I don't know if you guys watched that when we did the Bill Murray show. Yeah, I, d- I did watch it, but it wasn't for the Bill Murray show. I watched it in the theater, and I hadn't seen it since. Hmm. I have, mm. I did. So see I it. don't remember that scene at all. Uh, I, I was just going to say that the most common Mongolian bar- uh, barbecue place around here, Flat Top, I've heard disappointingly has changed their pricing structure. So you're like charged by the bowl and by the ingredient. Which punishes you for innovation. Like you, you want to make sure this is something I'm going to love because they, they've changed their pricing. Hmm. That annoyed me. Yeah, I remember when they first opened up. They were they were great. Flat top. Oh, yeah, yeah, flat top. <laughs> Although the first time I went to flat top, uh, I went. Do you guys remember Nick Roche? Yeah. No. Yes. Uh, he I don't was so. he was a gamer and the train guy at uh, Hobby Town. He lived out in the Lagrange area by where my dad is. Uh, Nick would get ideas in his head, and uh, he wanted to go to Flat Top because in his head, Flat Top means aircraft carrier, so he could get steak and eggs there and, like, a good burger. He did no further research, and we got to Flat Top Grill, and he's just like, I don't like it when my food touches. Oh, dear. <laughs> not, not the best place to go to a Mongolian yeah, right. That's kind of the point of stir fry. Yeah, so he, it's all he, going to be mixed together. He yeah. just thought it was like like a River Forest Grill type place. Well, he in like in his head, he thought because it was called the Flat Top Grill, there'd be like Air Force stuff on the wall, and he'd be able to get like uh, like fried eggs and a burger there. Oh, jeez. I, I, he had the same problem going to Pier One. He was confused by all the wicker. <laughs> Wait, was he the one who be a lot, of, to, a lot of wood going out over the ocean? Yeah, was he I, the one who went to Old Navy and thought it was like a surplus place? Uh, yes. <laughs> just, I want to work at his ideas in his head. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, I remember him. I had to share a bed with him at Gen Con up in Milwaukee. Oh once. yeah, all you guys should remember him. He was a guy yeah. at Gen Con when with we the had hamster like, comment. Yes, it, it got quiet and we had like twelve guys packed into the room and we. He goes, uh, "I figure if she can get a fist up there, I could put a hamster in my ass." And then we realize he's not talking to anyone. <laughs> Same guy. Yeah. Who's having that conversation? I wasn't talking to him. So, what about? Or is there any other? Of these, uh, any other countries that you've eaten from now that uh, we haven't talked about? Uh, well, down under, has anyone done the traditional New Zealand or Australian foods? The uh, real ones, not our jokes. I've had Vegemite, and it was a bad experience all yes, around. I have also had Vegemite, and <laughs> my review, my review of Vegemite is is a it, it's it tastes like someone took vegetable oil and Crisco and mashed it together. And then blended that with poop. <laughs> See, I'm fascinated by Vegemite. Step. I've never had it, though. 
Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like spackle flavored, ve- or it's like vegetable flavored spackle. It's kind of what it reminds me of. Because I know it's like a fermented yeast, and I generally like fermented foods, and I generally like yeasty foods. So I think if I I'd had it on hot buttered toast and just scraped a little bit on there, like that, the way you're supposed to. Yeah, you're not supposed to put it on like jelly. You're just supposed to put like a thin layer on it. Maybe no. I put too much on my crackers. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna try it someday. Either Vegemite um, or Marmite. You know how when you when you make a vegetable broth and you use too many vegetables and it just has that nasty, dirty, bland taste. That's what I. That's the taste that I get from Vegemite. Now, Violet Crumble, which we talked about when we did the candy show, that's a delicious food from Australia. Um, quick Vegemite story tale. Uh, my only experience with Vegemite, I w- when I was in Korea and. We were at a hostel and having breakfast the next morning. There was an Australian uh, couple that was there, and they were eating Vegemite, and they offered some for me to try. And I have to admit, I didn't hate it, but you know, they did you know thin layer on a, a piece of like toasted bread kind of thing, and uh, I'd try it again. I think it just it's just like muddy pate is what it kind of. Eh, I'm not a fan. Is my point? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know that I'd be like I'd go out of my way to eat it, but it wasn't bad. But that's all I've had um, from Australia, or and I don't believe I've ever had like an actual New Zealand food. I really want to try uh, kangaroo. I do too, or ostrich even. Oh, I've, oh, had, I've ostrich. had ostrich. Yeah, yeah, I've had ostrich burgers before. They used to have those at Fuddruckers, man. Yeah, that ostrich qualifies. Ostrich is pretty good, but it, it it dries out really quickly. Yeah, that is oh, yeah. That is a problem. The place I, I could get ostrich, I could also get buffalo, and uh, it's no comparison. Buffalo is way better. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah much more a buffalo fan. Now I just looked up, just searching New Zealand food, and Nikki's gonna a- have to. I don't know a, a white bait is a New Zealand delicacy. Ooh. I saw that movie on A and E. Oh no, it was a Lifetime special. Sorry. Okay. Funny, I, I saw I, it on BET. <laughs> I'm gonna send this to you. I, just it's just take a look at this. No, white bait is. It looks like. It looks like a bowl of dead alewives. <laughs> but I I don't know if I would eat this. <clears throat> but then they have this clam. What is this? See, I would probably try white bait because it does not. I, it's it's not something I would be looking forward to because it's a little wormish. <laughs> I'm bringing it up See, now. Wormish is not a descriptor that you should have in food, right? I, I have to agree with him. I think I would try it though. I would try it once. I yeah, can't so guarantee. I mean, it would have to be really good. So it's like a type of fish. Then is that what it is? Like it a little is. Fish? It like is a little fish. Type? It's not a type of fish. It is a fish. I mean, no, it's not but I mean, like, like it's a. You just like guess you just suck them down. They look like pasta because they're so skinny. And in previous shows, we've mentioned the pavlova, and, and I think I'm still pronouncing it wrong. But uh, the ca- the meringue cake with all of the uh, fresh fruit on the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I do love from New Zealand? Sauv Blanc. You cannot find a better Sauvignon Blanc from, than in the world, other than what they got in New Zealand. And New Zealand wine is ama- wine is amazing. Yeah. That I don't is. think I've ever had any. Oh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. There we, there we go. On that page you linked, white bait fritters is the most weight, the weights prepared. Oh, for. those I, they're definitely more approachable as fritters. I'd think. They've, yeah. Oh, where's is there a picture of a fritter? I see there? people eating fish and chips. I would eat that. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing with all the crayfish? That I mean, that that's a oh, that's just a really 
Like and I'm sure we're going to get uh, some comments about some like traditional, how could you not have talked about this? It's uh, just like, I think our perceptions of the food down under is just a combination of like a bullshit from movies and uh, stereotypes yeah. and then a bunch of like question marks. I, I don't know. Yeah. See, I, but can't... I think <gasps> Ooh, but there's this crossover land. Australian food. All I can think of are the, the game animals, you know, the, the ostrich, the, emu and maybe the wild boar or the kangaroo you know something that and the large it's just an exotic animal that <laughs> lives in that region but isn't necessarily number four required <laughs> there the large so have oh. any of you guys moving on have yeah. any of you guys had puerto rican food i mean i know we mentioned it earlier oh, but yeah. you had it yeah what would I, classify I, as puerto rican hmm? what, what would classify say? as puerto rican well, I mean, it, like it's, a, it's yeah, it's a, yeah. Well, it's a distinct type of food because I uh, I dated a Puerto Rican girl for a while. And she used to cook. Her main dish that she cooked was a rose con pollo. Everything, every other meal was <laughs> was was chicken and rice. <laughs> but um, the the thing that I found fascinating about because <clears throat> I I would go to her house and her mother would cook a lot of traditional Puerto Rican meals. And because Puerto Rico is an island in a major that used to be in a very major thoroughfare and still pretty much is, it's a their food is an am, amalgamation of so many different cultures that they just have some very very crazy interesting dishes. Like one of the dishes she served was it was spaghetti with olive oil and plantains and uh, green olives, like whole green olives and bacon huh. and it was lost awful. me at the olives but it was just i mean it was just i mean and every meal was like just strange combinations of everything's and then everything was you know and and like a rose con pollo was almost always like just a side entree that was made for every meal i'm looking at desserts right now puerto rican dessert nispiros de batata sweet potato balls with coconut cloves and cinnamon Yum. that sounds yeah good. i mean i'm not saying it's bad but it's just they they combine their foods in such weird ways that, that you're like that does not sound good and then you eat it and you're like all right, that's pretty interesting. I like that. <laughs> well, here in Chicago, uh, there's a uh, local Puerto Rican uh, food that you pretty much don't get anywhere else. It was by the Chicago Puerto Rican community. It's the hiberito. It's a sandwich that has uh, plantains as the bread. Yep. Yep. She took me to, to a place to get that one time. Ooh. It's yeah, pretty that's- good. That's big. Uh, the other thing you can get at both Puerto Rican and Colombian places is a drink I had last night. It's called a refajo. It's uh, a mixture of beer and what they call champagne cola. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know the cola. I've never had what you're talking about. Yeah, though. champagne cola is like half. It's like lighter than cola, but darker than uh, like a cream soda. Yeah. And a refajo is basically just that and beer. And I had one last night. Nice. Good. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know there's a. Uh, well, again, at any one given moment, there's probably there's a Puerto Rican food truck across the street too. Um, I had dessert there once where I had the fried plantains uh, with the cinnamon and sugar on top of it. Uh, I yeah, I personally love plantains. Oh, they're so good, and that's mm-hmm. what you'll find is the uh, Puerto Rican, Colombian, and Brazilian places that aren't Brazilian steakhouses will often have a lot of crossover. Cuban too will have a lot of crossover on their menus, where all of them will have like empanadas, but they'll be slightly different based on okay. a local cuisine. So, sometimes it'll just be like, okay, well, this is what white people expect, and there's going to be a certain percentage of white people who come in here. They're going to want this. They're going to want that. So even though it's not technically our food, what the heck? It's close enough. Put it yeah. on the menu. 
Well, it's like egg rolls in Asian cuisine. Right. Yeah. Depending on which type of a restaurant you're at, the egg rolls are going to differ. Mm-hmm. Or or try to order a Mexi Melt in Mexico. <laughs> well, you'll get to a spot where you're at a Japanese restaurant, and they're like, "Screw it, get, uh, give them a fortune cookie." Uh, they keep asking. <laughs> that, that was one of my actually. That's funny that you mentioned that because when uh, when Yao Ming, uh, the the former center for the Houston Rockets, first came to America from China, like, he was fascinated when he went to the Chinese restaurants and got for, got fortune cookies. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> And they had to explain to him what fortune cookies were. It's really funny. Well, it's like, go ahead. It's like chicken chow mein. It's American invention. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, we talked about General Tso's chicken. Not something you'll find uh, anywhere outside of the U.S. Typically, I mean, now you might, but not traditionally. Yeah. Uh, has anybody else been to hibachi? Oh, love it. Yeah. Okay, where they'll set up like the little, uh, I'll cut up the onion and make the volcano out of it. Yeah, right. yep, and, and toss the shrimp into their pocket. Oh yeah, we went there, Joel. I told, I was trying to yep. remember where I went. That with you was that was with you and us. Yep, or you and I. <laughs> we all went. Yes, as a group for hibachi. For hibachi, and that was fun. It is fun, and the food's good too. Yeah, there's. And what about stuff that you guys want to try? We've touched on a couple of them, but there's there's stuff that I know I want to try dim sum, but never have. Oh, there's a, there was a dim sum place in Evanston I went to a couple of times. It's a, it's it's basically like Asian tapas. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's something I a lot of like little like bao buns. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to try that. I want to try uh, what's the other one? The Vietnamese uh, pho. Pho is uh, big. You can get it all over the place, but I've never had it yet. Oh. Yeah, pho is it, it, that's another one of those that it, it kind of it can be screwed up or it can be great. It just kind of depends on where you are. And if you go to a place to get pho and it's bad, then don't order anything else. It's kind of like what you were talking about with your Mexican uh, dish yeah. earlier. Yeah, because pho. Yeah, because pho can be really good or really bad. Yeah, and the bao too. I mean, you can. There's a couple places out by by me out. In, out there that have uh, bao, but it's it's a uh, it's a toss up. They'll either be I mean, if you got to get it where they make the they make the uh, bun and it's soft. If it's there, sometimes they'll leave it. They'll cook it too long or it sits too long, and the bun gets like really almost like gummy. Yeah, and I've had like the barbecue pork bao, just like uh, from like a wow bao stand. Yeah, but I want to go to actual dim sum place and try it someday. I like the wow bao with the uh, the uh, sweet sweet bean paste inside. That's good. When they make it look like a little peach. Have you seen that? I uh-huh. want a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I want you... a place where they serve me food until I pass out. Yeah. Yes, I do. I want to be the frying Dutchman, but Brazilian steakhouse. And, and the Brazilian <laughs> cocktails are, are delicious as well. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, there was a specific type of liquor that is uh, like tequila, but made from the sugar cane. Um. Uh, so it's like a cross between uh, rum and tequila. And I got a bottle of it at one point because it's actually kind of hard to find. Rum tequila? No, rum chata. Rum chata. No. Cachaca? <laughs> uh, cachaca. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's exactly what it is. And yeah, there's a, a cachaca cocktail. Uh, it's actually delicious. Yeah, it's strong <clears throat> stuff. Yeah, we, have to, we do have to do a cocktail show. Like we did the liquor show. We did the drinking show. We need to do a show about just like mixed drinks. And Pat, you need to uh, prepare a drink specifically for the show that you can give out the recipe for people to try at home. 
And I can I, do that. But I don't know uh, how we're going to do the then for that. The cocktail is the Caipirinha. Ooh. Yeah, made with cachaça, sugar, and lime. It's kind of like a mojito, uh, but made with cachaça, and it's a little stronger. Yeah, that must be what I had like six or seven of when we were there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so. I mean, we could go on and on, especially when we get into the desserts. But, I mean, uh, I, I think we've hit the high points. Yeah, we Flan. But, yeah, oh, God, flan. Sopapillas. Mochi uh. balls. Mm. So next week, though, we're still talking about food. We're diving into the Thanksgiving uh, times, and we're going to get part two of international cuisine. We're going to jump into the European, Middle East, and African foods. Yeah, I, I think that uh, <laughs> like, like this episode where we started with mostly Mexican and Chinese, I think we're going to hit Europe, like Italy, Germany, Poland, and like Middle Eastern food pretty hard next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely come by. Check us out. See what food we ate for the uh, for the next show. And um, if you like to check out our older shows, you can find us on iTunes. Which I want to say, the Origin Show is out. Yeah, we're all the way back to forty. So forty up to current uh, one fourteen, and oh, this show will be up there when it goes live, of course, as yep. well. Yep. And uh, if you're also looking for more places to find our show, you can find us on Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk Shoe. And uh, if you want to call us and get that order in, it's 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. All right. Niner. Uh, Is there a niner in there? No, I want a bow. I could go for a box of Pocky. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. Australian bush bread. Sounds like it would get stuck in your teeth. Australian. This is bullshit. This whole page is nothing but... They just put Australian in front of all these fucking recipes. Australian Australian. fish. I don't see a single blooming onion on here anyway. (laughs) Australian french fries. Sausage rolls the Australian way. Oh, uh, we can piss off Killa so much by just talking about uh, Fosters and uh, Outback <laughs> Steakhouse. <laughs> I think we should do that. Uh, you've got oh. your Fosters and you got your Outback Steakhouse, the twin pillars of Australian cuisine. And don't forget the what shrimps on the Barbie. <laughs> I love going to Outback Steakhouse for a Fosters and some shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> He's just like he'll just be like, "I'm getting into the plane to come and kill you right now." It's like, <laughs> And I, I bring my own steak knife so I can, when they give me their steak knife, I can say, that's not a knife. And I pull out my steak knife. That's a knife. I oh, think this is perfect. All, I think we should do this. I think we, we can all do. talk about how we've had Australian food, authentic Australian food, and then, yeah, go into Foster's and well, back. 